Chapter 8 Order and Disorder Blinking red dots watched from above as we ran down the dormitory hallways. Somewhere there was a film room, and somewhere they'd see a man in black, two workers in blue, all following me, and I had a feeling they knew exactly who was who. I didn't know all the colors, but I'd never seen blue in these halls. Wearing blue meant you were only one level above prison. That's why they had to work all day long. Orange was a good duty, but I couldn't tell if it was better or worse than black. Either way, once they found us missing, they'd link everything back to my observer's badge. Suddenly, Manuka fell to her knees. Vomit spewed through her fingers when the repercussions of my actions were coming to life. I'd broken the law, and now three random people were slowing me down. She needs water, said Otto. No time, Levi responded. We were on the sixth column and close to the fiftieth row. Over here, I live on the fifty-six. Otto went to pick her up while Levi stared down the hall. I led the group inside my room and the red dot began recording. We don't have much time. If we miss the moon, then it's all for nothing, said Levi. And what about the cameras? The white man knows by now. The camera's eye was flashing above the door when Levi jumped up to punch it sideways. Plastic components crashed down, but the red light kept blinking until he ripped the electronics apart. It's not real. It's just a battery and a light, said Levi. His hands were fidgeting through the electronics, breaking it to pieces like a madman about to get caught. They want you to think someone is watching. That's the point, said Levi. He spiked the components down and the red dot stopped. Look around, said Levi. Who's coming to get you? It was silent while Manuka's head stayed sideways under the faucet as cool water poured out over her neck. Otto was rubbing her back, but his eyes never left my bed. I remember the first time I saw a real bed too, and now his eyes wandered to the mirror where he caught a reflection of a man he never knew. He looked like he saw a ghost man. Wake up, buddy. We gotta move, said Levi. Manuka's legs wobbled before she rested her head on Otto's chest. Without hesitation, Otto lifted her around his back, ready to carry her forward. Do you need anything? asked Levi. Maybe a favorite book or another smock. We're not coming back. He pointed to the notebooks piled below my bed and stacked up around the sides of my room. But if there was one thing I'd take, then I knew it was buried inside my mattress. I dove under the bed, scattering books and pages everywhere. I reached up into the foam mattress and pulled out the hidden dagger wrapped in my canvas scroll. What is it? asked Levi. My dad found it with my grandfather when he passed. It's an arrowhead. I could feel the edges of the stone inside the blank canvas. It was still sharp. Some nights I'd think about it when I fell asleep. Other nights I'd hold it against my neck in case the morning jolt was meant to take me home. But lately, I've been wondering if I'd need it to attack. Otto carried Manuka while we ran down the hallways as every red dot watched. I tried to keep up, but my burning legs stumbled between steps. My body was still exhausted from yesterday. Then I heard Otto's feet pounding with Manuka on his back, and the further we got, the more determined he became. He'd groan while he held her up, but something inside this man would not quit. None of us had ever worn a suit, so none of us had seen our family in years but I wondered how long it had been since they'd seen theirs. All our stories were sad if we were on the run, lost souls at best, because not a single one of us belonged here, 
and yet there was one girl in green who made me believe in some place better. The hallway curved, and their eyes feasted upon the very last door. Is that it? asked Levi. This one. I opened the door on her right, inside door number 28, and to my surprise Jane was pacing back and forth with a big sunflower in her hands. Her smile turned to shock when she saw the others. Oh, didn't know you were bringing friends, said Jane. I'm Jane, and meet the flowers. We tumbled into the dirt while Jane extended her arms to introduce the shrubbery. Trying to catch our breath, Jane peeked outside and closed the door behind us. Oh dear, you look a bit ill, she said. Is this a doctor? asked Otto. Well, I wouldn't say I'm a medical professional, but I know a bit about the cure. Have a seat on the silk, smiled Jane. I was panting on all fours, trying to catch my breath. It's beautiful, said Levi. It's even better than the numbers said. Otto was in shock as he touched a plant. What's wrong? asked Jane. What are you feeling? Dizzy most of the time. Everything is weak and I can't hold food down. I just need a little time to breathe, said Manuka. Well, air is good for starters, but I've got an idea too, said Jane. She started meandering through the rows of sprouts, and every so often she'd pluck something out from the dirt. Marching those big red boots through the entire patch, Jane found a couple roots, some leaves, and a few plants to slice up on a slab of wood. What's all this? She needs the medicine. Do you have any pills? said Otto. Pills are good for surgery and killing you after. This is turmeric and ginger, said Jane, mixing the two in a glass of water. And here's a couple squirts of lemon, because everybody needs a little vitamin C, and a couple carrots and chickpeas, because they're easy on the tummy. Manuka sipped the water while we got settled into the room. Well, how long is everyone staying? asked Jane with a hopeful smile. We can't stay, said Levi. We're going. Already? But you just got here, said Jane. And you're coming too, I added. This is the badge man, the one I was telling you about yesterday. Levi was the center of attention now. Everyone was wondering what else he knew. Right. So what's his story again? And do you think we can trust him? He seems a bit sketchy wearing all black, said Jane. I thought she said it to me, but she was whispering with a vine hanging beside her shoulder. Then Jane reached inside her coat to rub a stone that no one could see. Okay, so where do I start, said Levi. How about right from the beginning, demanded Jane. Well, I read numbers, and I connect each number like a puzzle piece at certain times of the day, depending on where the stars and moon are at. I can't predict the future, but I can look ahead for patterns, or, or even back in time, because that's what programmers do. Each number is like a hint. And when the hints come together, you get a message. Just a few days ago, the clues started connecting to a Mowgli, And that's how I knew about your garden, said Levi, pointing to Jane. Hmm, are you sure it wasn't a wild daydream? I do that from time to time, asked Jane. No, this wasn't a dream. Everyone's been waiting for the man who sets us free, said Levi. Who? asked Manuka. Levi turned his head to look at me. The prophecy called him... Yamantaka, the destroyer of death. I think it starts with him, he said. Oh, I knew you were a catch, said Jane. She reached into her pockets and pulled out two stones that fit snug in each of her palms. And I want you to have these, Amokli. It's a present, because I liked you first, and you were the only one who ever talked to me. These stones are called flint, and they'll tell you the story of the flame, said Jane. Dashing them together, an orange spark jumped alive in front of us. Then she set the flint stones in my hand. Okay, now about these numbers. Are they real? asked Jane. 
Yes, it's real. It's a prophecy. And it talked about you too, said Levi. Well, at least your story's getting better, said Jane. Now, where do we fit in your prophecy, and how does it end? Well, I don't know where it ends, but it started by saying that an orange observer would visit me about a badge that wasn't broken. It told me how he met you and how you had a tunnel to the outside, said Levi. And what happens outside, said Jane? There's a mystical pyramid waiting, or it's coming down from the sky, or maybe up through the earth, but it's coming real soon, because somewhere inside the pyramid is the girl that saves the world, said Levi. Jane was stunned. I think I've heard this before, said Manuka. Why outside? Disorder, answered Levi. It's everything the order isn't. And did it say what to look for, I asked. It gave me the time and the place, then the cycle of the full moon. Levi paused. It told me today's date, December... Manuka interrupted him. December 28th, 3082. That's it. How'd you know that, said Levi. Well, my dad studied the moon, said Manuka. He memorized the cycles because he told me about a great pyramid, too. I wasn't always a slave, you know. I used to live with him on the top of the order when he studied the Egyptians. He even showed me how they observed the stars. My dad said that ancient sages could communicate through the moon. He said it's called magic, because only a magician can find the pyramid. My dad went looking for it once, you know, but he never came back. And he's our magician said Levi, pointing to me. He's the one who can summon it. Amokli's going to find it. I was staring back at him while everyone stared at me. Uh, okay, yeah. So, let me think about this for a minute. I paused and thought about it. So, I've never done anything like that. Uh, and, and I didn't even know the moon was real. Usually, I just observe factories and write things down. But I forgot my notebooks. So, there was a long, awkward silence. And what happened to your dad? asked Jane. He disappeared after that, said Manuka. The order said he died, and that's when I started wearing blue. But he knew something the men in suits didn't. I'm sure of it, said Manuka. Okay, so let's get this straight. The universe brought us together because there's a pyramid that needs our help, and it's outside somewhere. Now, did it say where? Like, is it just out in the trees? said Jane. You know, there's a lot of trees in the forest. I just know it's coming, said Levi, and I'm sure Amokli can find it. I didn't have a clue what was happening. Was I dreaming? Maybe I was still asleep, about to miss my morning shift again. And why didn't you tell me you could summon magical pyramids, whispered Jane. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm just an observer. But everything else came true, said Levi. You've got to believe. How am I supposed to find a pyramid if I don't even know what that is? Does it have three sides or four? You can do it, said Otto. I trust you. Do you remember what I said about trust? Of course I remembered. His hand was pinned around my neck. Oh, and the numbers said to start where the wild mushrooms grow, said Levi. Bingo! I know just the mushrooms, said Jane. They're fungus. They like it dense and dirty. Little weirdos, if you ask me. But I've seen some sprout by the streams. So you'll take us there, asked Levi. Sure will, said Jane. Jane led us to the edge of her room where she uncovered her tunnel. But the more I studied Levi, the more I wondered about the dark bags under his eyes. He looked a little devilish, like maybe he was hiding something from us. Hey, who'd you say your dad was again? asked Jane. His name was Ditto, said Manuka. Oh, right. Never heard of him before, said Jane. Levi and I looked at each other. Did she say Ditto? 